This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, March 27th, 2013. I'm Caleb Brown. Would John Stuart Mill support a ban on big sodas? What if we gave him all the data on human cognitive biases? Aaron Ross Powell, editor of Libertarianism.org, argues that a recent defense of paternalism in the pages of the New York Times is little more than a call for barbarism. Uh, this is from Sarah Conley. She's an assistant professor of philosophy at Bowdoin College. She's the author of Against Autonomy, Justifying Coercive Paternalism. She writes this in the New York Times. John Stuart Mill wrote in 1859 that the only justifiable reason for interfering in someone's freedom of action was to prevent harm to others. According to Mill's harm principle, we should almost never stop people from behavior that affects only themselves because people know best what they themselves want. That almost, though, is important. It's fair to stop us, Mill argued, when we are acting out of ignorance and doing something we'll pretty definitely regret. You can stop someone from crossing a bridge that is broken, he said, because you can be sure that no one wants to plummet into the river. Mill just didn't think it would happen very often. So her argument here is she's extending that argument essentially to the idea of soda bans, specifically the one that was uh, implemented and supported by uh, New York Mayor Michael Bloomberg. What she's saying is that due to modern findings in psychology and behavioral economics, we all are burdened with these cognitive biases that make it so that we aren't really quite sure what we want, or if we think we know what we want, we're not very good at pursuing it. And her argument is that had Mill known about those things when he was writing about his harm principle and this bridge exception to it, he would have seen that the soda ban looks an awful lot like – or or drinking – he would have seen that someone drinking soda look, uh, looks an awful lot like someone walking off a bridge, that it's – we may think we really want that soda, but we don't. And so the government stepping in to stop us from having the large soda is an awful lot like grabbing some guy before he walks off the bridge. So the argument with respect to cognitive bias is that we have cognitive biases and because we have cognitive biases, it is appropriate for this other group of people just like us to make decisions about uh, what we should or should not or may or may not consume. is it, what, what's the case to be made for perhaps saying, well, yeah, I have cognitive biases, but I know I have cognitive biases. Well, but she would say you may know you have them, but in the moment when you're reaching for that soda, you can't get around them. You can't really know how they're influencing you. Okay. So your your preference for that soda isn't really your preference for that soda. Just like the guy who thinks he's walking across the bridge, but the bridge is out, his preference isn't to plummet to his death. It's to get across the bridge. And so she – goes to Mill and says, Mill says, look, we're not allowed to interfere with people's actions unless they're going to hurt others. But in this case, you could reach out and grab that guy, coercively pull him away from the brink because you can. he doesn't want to walk off the bridge. What she misses is in the rest of that passage on the bridge exception to the harm principle, Mill lays out two requirements for it. The, the first is that there's no time to warn this person. So if the person is half a mile from the bridge, you could say, hey, that bridge is out. You shouldn't walk across it. You couldn't grab the person then and yank them away. The other exception is that you have to have a high degree of certainty that this person doesn't in fact want to walk off the bridge, that this isn't their preference. 
it seems that both of those really undercut the application of this bridge exception to the soda ban because we can say to people, look, drinking lots of large sodas is unhealthy, which counts as a warning. Um, they're Drinking that one soda is not going to kill them or suddenly make them enormously overweight. And so it's not the kind of thing where if we don't stop them from having this soda right now, all is lost. And, and we also – the certainty thing is really problematic here because she may be certain that she doesn't want to get fat and unhealthy by drinking sodas. But this other person may want to or this other person may know that they're not going to – have a big problem if they drink this one soda while they're out at the ball game. And so she can't know for sure, just like she claims this person doesn't know for sure, she can't know for sure what this person wants in this situation. And so if you if she actually goes back and looks at Mill, she will see that it doesn't the bridge exception simply does not apply in the case of a soda ban. Right. So very few people are, go out there and think that having this large soda is going to make me thin or it's all else being equal good for me. Um, they just simply enjoy drinking it. And it, it's also the case, I mean, she's she's a writer of academic book for a, a university press. That's, I could say, being a writer is a pretty sedentary lifestyle, sitting around typing away. That's not really good for your health either. And it would be quite easy to say, look, you know, sitting there at your desk typing that book, that's your bridge. You're, you're going to walk off of it and that may take years off your life. And not many people read these academic books anyway, so – the cost-benefit analysis doesn't really work out. We should step in and we should stop Cambridge from publishing your book and stop you from writing it. Or if it's a particularly good book, we might want to prevent people from reading it. That's also a sedentary activity. That's true as well. I think the point that you make here that uh, speaks most to me directly is this idea of what civilized behavior actually demands of us. And you're saying that she is basically making an argument for barbarism. It seems to me that a large portion of becoming civilized, of, of civilization in general, is this recognition that different people have different choices about how they live their lives and we're okay with that. If, if their choices involve hurting us, then that's something we need to stop. But otherwise, we need to respect differences. To, to institute a ban on soda because we don't like people drinking soda is a step away from that. It's it's getting away from this civilized notion of respect for differences and approaching the older way of thinking, which is if those guys over there are talking funny or doing something weird or I don't really think it's good that they're doing that, I got to hit them with clubs until they stop. Aaron Ross Powell is editor of libertarianism.org. You can read more on foundational principles of freedom at our website, cato.org.